Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our special guest, Miriam Maima. And we are going to be talking about how to combine being your authentic self with effective leadership. This is an incredibly powerful discussion today, and I want to tell you a little bit about Miriam. She's been a coach and facilitator for over 20 years, dedicating her life to studying the overlap between business and psychology. Miriam has coached founders and executives at hundreds of companies, including a dozen $1 billion plus organizations. She often partners with companies from Series B all the way through going public. Miriam works one-on-one with senior leaders, facilitates team offsites, and develops customized leadership development journeys for leaders at all levels. Her specialty is in helping people unlock the next level of performance while maximizing authenticity. Miriam's credentials include a master's in organizational and management development, a BA in business and psychology. She is a master certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, a fellow at the Harvard Institute of Coaching, and, and there's still more, a member of Forbes Coach Coaches Council. My goodness gracious, Miriam, <laughs> my goodness gracious. Thank you and so much. We're really excited to have you on the show today. It's just a mouthful. It's a, it's, it's just, it makes me giggle for some reason to hear it all put into one paragraph like that. Thank you for the warm introduction. Well, thank you. We're really excited. This is such a, like I said, it's a really crucial conversation for yeah. so many of our listeners today. And before we get started, for those of you who may be joining us for that very first time, uh, make sure you don't miss a single episode by subscribing to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcasts. And while we're on the subject, if you love the show, you love what we're doing, please leave us that five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. Now, let's get into this because it's always great to hear some backstory and sort of really get to know Miriam and what got you inspired to be where you are today, Miriam. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. So let's see. I would say that in 2008, I thought I was living the the life of my dreams and that I had it all figured out. And for me, that was my marriage to a man from Spain and a career as a consultant in leadership and culture development. And I was like, yes, this was, I I was so happy. I thought I'd made it. And I, I just thought I had everything in front of me. And much to my surprise, as life does, there were a few curveballs. So my husband and I decided to part ways. My mom passed away pretty suddenly. And all of a sudden, this career that I had really felt really fulfilled by all of a sudden started to feel more and more and more empty. So it was a bit lost. And as someone who's an eternal optimist by nature, I was I was a, a bit mind boggled of how to move forward. Didn't know. I, did, I felt like my coping skills, which were just to educate myself, figure it out, you know, chart a path forward, go, go, go. It wasn't working for me. I just kept feeling further burnt out and more depleted and more lost. And so I hired my first coach at that moment 
and learned about this thing called emotions, which I had never had access to before, and then intuition. And I felt like a whole new world had opened up. So as you were reading through the the, the bullets of my quote unquote credentials, I honestly, I feel like what's more important to me is that my ability to access my intuition. And that serves me more than any degree or any certification ever will. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It is such an important tool to be able to tap into that and to listen to it rather than rationalize it away. Uh, I am really fascinated, Miriam, when you work with the work, the incredible work that you do. Um, do you have a specific process or an approach that you follow? My approach is to co-create a, a unique experience with my clients. So while there is a consistent through line and some commonalities to the work that I do, I think of it as very much a transformation and what transformation any the individuals looking for or wanting or capable of is unique to them and unique to that moment in time. And it is endlessly satisfying to partner with people and and help them tap into what they are uniquely capable of. If I feel like, especially for the the women and especially the professional women that might be listening, I personally learned how to operate like uh, my bosses, which were mostly white men. And if I op, if I tailored my style to them, I would quote unquote, be successful. That's at least what I had internalized as the message. And so it was very young when I lost track of who I truly was underneath all of that programming. And so to help people uncover their authentic selves and then tap into it so that they can start leading from that place is, oh my gosh, it it just lights me up every day. I feel like I'm doing what I was born to do and I'm so grateful for the work. Yeah, so I mean, this really, um, it's quite fascinating to me when I'm listening because I'm I'm curious at like how do you get people to sort of as you said you know walk away or at least start to peel back the onion and reveal that programming and how they can you know lead from the, a strength that's their mm-hmm. authentic self. Yes. Oh. Yeah, so most of us have a sense of what we want to be known for. And there's a maybe an answer to that question that is rooted in our programming that's unhelpful. And then there's a more authentic version that's rooted in our core values. And the, if we can access that, sometimes it's an image, sometimes there's a sense of it that's more visceral. If we can access that, then that becomes our anchor and we can find more and more and more ways to amplify that over time and then access it in our life and in our leadership. I think that usually we're so under-resourced that we have trouble accessing it. So sometimes that's where I start with folks is let's make sure you're getting a little bit more sleep. I'll say like take one big breath, like literally just take the biggest breath you've taken all day. And if you can string three together, then you're a little bit more resourced. Are you drinking enough water? So the little, the basics might seem like little things, but they start to add up. And once we get to be a little bit more resourced, all of a sudden our true self starts to spill out. Usually it's been looking for a way through and it might be coming up, coming through sideways or upside down. And so we just need to create an easier path for our, our, our true selves to shine through. Yeah. Well, and that is so true. And even in those moments, um, cause it, 
takes, it does take only a moment to take a deep breath, you know, sit up straight, (sighs) put your feet flat on the ground and let it feel all the way through your body and how that can help recenter you. And then, okay, now what, right now, what do I have in front of me? What do I need to take care of? And I feel that's so important. And there's another side of being authentic too, is that of, you know, when you stand in that power of who you are, um, it, it gives you much more confidence and assurance because it is coming from that core essential you. I, I don't know. You probably have a much better way. I love it. Core, it. Yes. Core essential you. Let's use that from now on. But, but I'm really curious because I'm sure that some people, you know, I've encountered people who literally say, I just, I don't even know who that is. Um, yes. But what do you encounter for those people who are that are just in general, what can hold people back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anyone who feels completely lost, I go back to literally age seven. It's scientifically, it's one of the development areas in human development that tells us kind of who we really are. So going back to age seven sometimes can help us. And it, it's like a life, it, it, it's, it can be like a puzzle. What did I love to do with my friends? Or when I had a moment what, to myself, what were the kind of things I was drawn to? So that can be a helpful reference point. For uh, to your other question around what holds people back, though, so in addition to this programming, it's usually a lack of permission that we've given ourselves to or belief that we can be both effective, successful, and authentic. It, you, they usually feel at odds with one another. We have to choose one over the other, and so having more and more reference points for people who have genuinely tapped into their authenticity and used it to their advantage can only help everyone. So thank you to you for having this podcast and spreading the word. (laughs) And I will just say, having worked with thousands of folks that a lot of them have or are in the process of doing just this and they are successful. So it does work. And so we need to first give ourselves permission to believe that it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another side of that, of being more authentic is also giving yourself permission to not be perfect, to not fail, to just, it, that's part of the process of really tapping into who you are, that you're going to go ahead and try something. And if it doesn't quite work out, that's okay. You know, like yes. what did you gain from that and how can you now, you know, use that? Um, and sometimes it's just, okay, well, I just have to make a few tweaks and I'll do it again. Right. And whatever that is. um, And there's also places that you can start that feel a little safer, but you're still actually stretching your comfort zone and growing. And I know this is a little off topic, but I know that when Mm -hmm. I had to do my starting to do public speaking and because as I was growing in my role um, in my career, um, I could talk to a small group. But when I got into anything, I got felt uncomfortable. Right. And um, I just, it's, it wasn't like, you know, I couldn't talk at all, but I mean, it was, I mean, my whole voice would shake. So one of the things that I did is I ended up taking this leadership role in a local community organization to get a park built. And then I would have to go and speak in front of the town council and a room of citizens who had come. And that was a much bigger audience than I'd ever spoken to, but 
even though I was nervous, it wasn't work-related. And I know this sounds weird, but it was just a different setting yeah. that allowed my mind to feel safer there, mm-hmm. right? And, and and for some people, maybe it would be the reverse. But for me, I felt a lot safer there. That you know, My friends were there who were on the committee. They were just cheering me on. We were just trying to get a park built, right? Yeah. And so... It, there wasn't really a matter of like, I was going to fail and I was going to be embarrassed myself. It was, you know, it was really easy. And mm-hmm. because of that experience and doing that, I recognized like, oh my gosh, this is making it easier for me to talk to groups. Yes. And so sometimes just think about a different way to approach the situation and get experience in another way. Right. So what you're talking about, if I just kind of root it into some of the principles that I work with. One is it, it sounded like it was important to you for some reason to be be able to speak to public groups, to groups more often. And so that usually comes out of the question of what do I want to be known for? What's important to me in my life or my leadership? And so you have an important voice. Thank goodness you got over that because look <laughs> at all the people benefiting from it, right? So you ha- there was a desire that you had, and then you had a however consciously you created a training ground for yourself to be able to do that and hopefully give yourself a bit of grace. I love that story. And it's such a beautiful example of how we can very gradually and thoughtfully expand our comfort zones so that what we're great at becomes more expanded over time. And typically I'm I'm coaching people to make sure that they're setting themselves up for success. So they're not racing to that meeting and they have a bit of time afterwards. It's very common to have what I would call vulnerability hangover or or backlash, where we replay what we said in a meeting, or we we put ourselves out there in some way. We did something we don't normally do, and then we replay it in our heads, and we our self critic can get activated, which is so not helpful. So if instead we can activate our self compassion and remember like, oh my gosh, pat on the back. I did something for a first time. It was an experiment. What did I learn? How was I? And give ourselves permission to be really bad. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go and I'm going to try and I'm like terrible at that. Let's find out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that is a big piece of knowing that, you know, sometimes your first is your worst. And it yes. gets better from there. Yes. And, but, but you actually did it. You took yes. the leap. You took that step. And I mean, I can share with everyone that my first guest podcast was truly cringeworthy for the first 20 minutes. And it was a 30 minute podcast. I finally <laughs> warmed. I was so nervous. My voice was shaking and I was, I just was not who I am. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I did it. And I lived to tell the tale. I mean, you know, it was like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, it wasn't great, but you know what? I got the experience. My next one was like a 400% better. And by the third one, I started to get into a stride. Now it still took me a little bit longer to get really good. Cause what was weird is I had already been podcasting for a year, but being a guest on a podcast was flipping the switch a little, right? But it does all of those. And that's also a great way for some people to get used to speaking because that's, it's an audience. It's in a way it's invisible, but you're still putting yourself out there. And it's a great way to get started. Once again, these baby steps, I want everybody to remember, have you ever seen a newborn just leap up and start running? 
Oh, no, yeah. it does not happen. Yeah. They have to learn to roll over and they have to learn to get up on all their, their crawl, right? And then they have to pull themselves up. Then they're mm-hmm. walking like Frankenstein, right? I mean, all of this occurs all throughout our life. Everything is that journey of learning. And so even pulling back and stepping into who you are and recognizing that that you can stand in your own power of that authenticity, that core essence, and um, you're going to shine much brighter when you do. And that's going to attract people because they see that there you are, who you are. And um, it's, it is, um, I just, it's just so, you just know you're gravitate towards people who are that, that this is who I am. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I would love for literally anyone listening to decide what is that thing for them? What is something I would like to be better at and give yourself some grace to just practice, find a little way to put it into motion, even if it's in the community or with your family? Yes, because I 100% agree with that. I think that what you said earlier is so important around letting go of perfectionism and imposter syndrome is a term that gets thrown out of. We think that we're supposed to be someone or have some knowledge that we don't already have and that someone's going to quick, they're going to find us out and then we're going to get kicked out. And if we instead just realize that the best leaders are the people who take things in stride. And I think of it as leaders who smile. They have that gravitational force, like the people who can smile and not fake it, but genuinely the most seasoned leaders, even in the hardest moments, they might like need to furl their brow for a moment, but then they're like, okay, we're going to figure this out together. And they, they can smile through it. So the extent to which we can give ourselves the ability to do that. Usually we can be yeah. effective and authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that we've been talking, you know, it's about being your authentic self, but we yeah. sort of went into the segue about speaking. So yeah. I'll tell you something later on, I would speak to rooms of hundreds, if not thousands of people, yeah. but there was a moment where we were at an event and they were running fast and the, um, the president of the organization came up to me and said, Lynn, we need somebody to talk for 15 minutes and it's you. And I went, what? And and, oh, wow. and by the way, I need you on stage in five minutes. And I went, what? <laughs> so, and I went, okay, deep breath. Where's a cocktail napkin? Where's a pen? What am I going to talk about? And it's like, okay, what have we been talking about this week? Some big points mm-hmm. that come to my mind immediately, literally jotting them down on this cocktail napkin. And to call my name, I go up and I go, I want to tell everyone something. I just got asked five minutes ago to come up and present to you for 15 minutes. And I really don't know what the heck I'm going to be talking about. (laughs) Everybody laughed. And I said, but you know what? I've got a cocktail napkin here. And I jotted some ideas down. You know, I already laughed again. And it's like, okay, we've been talking about this. This is what impressed me. This is what I took away. And then I sort of went through my cocktail napkin. But the whole point is that people want to support you. Most people are going to give you that runway. And when you invite them in and you show them that you're a little vulnerable, that you're a little nervous, that you're a little scared, like, oh my gosh, deer in the headlights. I was told five minutes ago, I have to be up on stage. They all leaned in 
And I could literally feel the love and the support in that room to keep going, you know, and that's what the power of being your authentic self and being willing to show that, that you're not perfect, that you don't know it all. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you still got some great ideas. And now I'm going to share them with you. Yeah, a, good, a really healthy balance of vulnerability and confidence of I don't have all the answers and I'm willing to try. And yep. I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but I'm going to give it my best. And I I really appreciate that. That's a good example of leading with vulnerability and being and showing your humanity, which allows people to connect with us on a different level. Yeah. And it is, and it's something that's, anyway, it's a trick of mine that I find that really works um, is to invite people in um, because they're going to be there for you. Um, And I am really curious. So I know that we sort of digressed a little here um, and thank you for your grace, Miriam, to let Mm -hmm. me share that. I am really curious about what advice would you give to our listeners so that they could sort of, sort of tap into that, their own inner mojo so that they could take a step forward today, tomorrow, this week, um, to be more of who they truly are. Yes. So I would ask everyone to reflect on what is it that I want to be known for Uh, in my life, in my leadership, what do I want to be known for? So this might be for some people more about legacy, but I would invite you to focus on a quality. What are the qualities that you want to be known for? And there's no wrong answer and you can change your mind as many times as you want, but as the version of you that exists today, what do you want to be known for? And then find some little way to infuse that into your actions today. So maybe it might be a meeting. Maybe you want to be known for how you, the quality of your listening or the quality of your presence and just find little, little ways to do it today and then celebrate at the end actually give yourself a moment of reflection and uh, applaud yourself for having tried. And in most cases, you will need to find unique ways to resource yourself throughout the day. So that's kind of a a, a little asterisk, I would say, of, of making sure that you're doing the little things that help you be you. And it might be five minutes of prep before the meeting. It might be giving yourself a moment before you transition from work to home and home to work vice versa. But those little things really do add up and allow for your authentic self just to come through without even trying. Yeah, that's fabulous. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. I hope everyone took note of that. Uh, Miriam, thank you so much uh, for sharing how to combine being your authentic self with effective leadership. I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about you and where they can find you. Yeah, I'd say the most memorable website that you can use is leaderswhosmile.com. It's the easiest way to find me, the most memorable. I am managing partner of a coaching firm called Evolution, and you can find out more about us at evolution.team. All right. Well, this has been such an informative discussion. Thank you, Miriam. And for those of you who tuned in, thank you. Um, If you have ideas you'd like to share, you can leave us a comment down below. We do love hearing your thoughts. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for discussion or have a specific question, you can email us at jointheconversation at petitequeen.com. And to stay current with all of our insightful advice, our breakthrough advantages, incredible episodes like the one today, please sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter and you won't miss a single episode. I want to thank everyone again for tuning in and Miriam, 
Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for having the courage and follow through for creating this so we can all benefit from it. I am grateful.